0: All right, Fook MMA show number seven. Uh, Thanks to James Lynch, Ross Schneiderman, who joined me last week, from New York Times and The Score, MMA. Uh, Art Davey from uh, the creator of the UFC joined me last week as well. I am working on getting that interview up. Uh, I'm editing it as we speak. Life's busy, man. Life is busy. Uh, UFC 243 week, uh, SmackDown. The series premiere, if you want to call it that, on Fox uh, is happening as we speak. Uh, AEW, of course, premiered on Wednesday, uh, Monday Night Raw. They had the NXT show on Wednesday. What else is there in the world other than combat sports right now? Oh, yeah, and a boxing match happened, too. Uh, And uh, I found that to be very interesting. So I guess we'll get to that. Who better than the multi-talented, multi-faceted, I think the only combat sport he doesn't cover is, like, glory kickboxing, and he may do that, for all I know. Dan Yanovsky, he's from Wrestling Inc. And, Dan, to be honest with you, if I were to list everywhere that you write for, I think we would have not much time to talk about the actual fights. What's up, buddy?
1: I'm, I'm good. How are you?
0: I'm great, man. Thank you. What are you doing in life? I want to talk about your bio. We, I, I look at your Twitter page. You're, you get a million ads. Uh, are you writing about baseball? Am I getting this wrong? You're writing about wrestling. You're doing a little boxing, a little MMA. Uh, what don't you do, buddy?
1: Uh, well, I do do glory, so okay. there is that. I, I've done a few glory events. I think the one thing I don't do would probably be cricket.
0: Mm. I like cricket myself, So, but there's just not a big audience here in America, for sure. Uh, <laughs> let me ask you a question about Israel Adesanya's... Uh, glory career before we get back to your bio if you remember it at all did you feel like his glory career was uh a disappointment because I felt like he came in with a lot of hype people don't I mean he never held the title I I didn't feel like his glory career was incredible um incredibly successful let's put it that way am I wrong
1: I mean you're not wrong but you're not right either in my opinion I think
0: that
1: (laughs) you know it, it it depends on what you're looking for on a career Yes, he lost, like, his last two, would you say, he, he could lose. But mm-hmm. the the point of a career is looking at the project, trajectory of it, and he was going straight for the title right away. And, yeah, you don't get, if you don't get the title or if you just end off on a losing streak, it's considered a disappointment. But at the end of the day, his record is, overall, is just insane. So Glory, you, if you put that aside, and that's even a small fraction of it, his kickboxing career and everything like that in between—it was I would consider it a success—and even a small sample size for what we would get in MMA in general.
0: Sure. Um, just circling back, I mean, how did you get into this business? You—you you write about everything. I first discovered you at Wrestling Inc. I know you do some boxing stuff. How, how did you get into this crazy world that that we both live in as a fight game?
1: Well, I originally got into pro wrestling in 2006, later than everyone else. Uh, and I consider that a combat sport for a multitude of reasons. But I got involved in that, and then I was in college in Ithaca, and I just decided to take a few views at MMA because my buddies used to love watching it and performing the moves, and I had no idea what it was all about. So I decided to give it a shot, and one of my first major fights that I saw uh, coming out of college actually was Holly Holm versus Ronda Rousey, that was like the first one that just truly got my interest for some reason. Like I was dabbling in between, but that was the fight that got me hooked. So I decided to cover uh, MMA after pro wrestling. I decided to cover MMA, and then boxing just came shortly after. Uh, just basically all the personalities that were involved, it became the right time to perform my duties as a content
0: writer for it. Of course, it's apropos that 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 fight happened in Australia, and we're right back at at Marvel Stadium here this weekend. Um, Seen some interviews with Israel Adesanya. Let's talk about him real quick. He's the interim middleweight championship at this point, uh, champion, excuse me, uh, fights Robert Whitaker Saturday night, uh, 10 Eastern time. It begins in in Australia. Um, I guess just to kick it off, what's your level of excitement for this card? This fight I've been anticipating for months. I've written probably 8,000 words on on this fight over the last week. Um, How excited are you? Because I can tell you, Dan, I'm at about a 10 out of 10 right now. I absolutely love this fight.
1: The card in general, I'm not exactly excited for. There's a few fighters I'm interested in. But like the top three fights, maybe even the top two, I'm definitely 10 out of 10 for. The fight in general is interesting just because uh, Adesanya is on an interesting roll. Considering he's had great performances from, uh, Brad Tavares to Derek Brunson, but then he's also had the wishy-washy fight with Anderson Silva. I'm not sure I count that as a fantastic win. I just count that as a, anything you can do, I can do better fight. Sure. As, I just, as great it as seemed it
0: seemed like a glorified exhibition match to me. That's how it felt.
1: Oh, of course, but it was like great for the fans and it got to showcase who he is as a fighter. And then the gasoline fight is where we got right hooked into him, and it was the, it was one of the best fights you'll see in 2019 at the moment. And the difference between him and Whitaker is his activity. Uh, Adesanya's had four fights in 2018, two in 2019, and Whitaker, if I'm not mistaken, hasn't fought since June of 2018. That's whether it's yeah, injuries him. or inconsistencies of weight, and it scared me. I'm actually surprised he lasted this long. So while Robert Whittaker is one of the most talented fighters uh, out there, it's so indecisive. and so indecisive on how he's going to do just based off of time away and how, like, when we talk about, like, there's something about McGregor when he was away for so long and he came back to fight Habib. The competition is far greater, even in the short period of time you've been gone, than when you were actually truly active. So I think Adesanya has an overall edge over Whitaker, just based off of skill, uh, even age. I know it shouldn't be a factor at all, because uh, Whitaker is younger. But I just think that Israel Adesanya is much more. He's more in the today's MMA than Whitaker with all that time off.
0: Last time we saw Robert Whitaker was UFC 225. That was the CM Punk card in Chicago. We're talking about, about a 15-month layoff that was against Joel Romero. That was, of course, when they unified the title. Uh, remember that fight, Yoel Miss weight? Uh, it was the greatest middleweight title fight of all time, in my opinion. Is there anything that bothers you about, uh, about Israel Adesanya talking this week about potential super fights against John Jones and Steve Miocic? I was just a little bit bothered by a middleweight who weighed in tonight at 184 pounds talking about a fight at 205 pounds that we may never see.
1: Listen. He's built He's listening. He's listening to his own hype. He believes in it. Uh, do I think that a matchup like that is possible? No. Do I think that Jones defeats Nadal? Yes. Uh, <laughs> but that's what you. That's what dreams are for. You dream match these things. And do I actually think that he can make the weight? It's a possibility. Will it affect him greatly? Yes. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's it's something that fans will listen for. It's something that. Dana White will always talk about, even though it might never happen. I, it's fan service, and if it, the fight was to actually happen, could it be competitive? Sure, but realistic chance of it happening, I don't think it can happen.
0: How do you feel about Whitaker going into this fight 15 months off? Is this, uh, it's a major concern for me, Dan, about his gas tank. As you mentioned, uh, we're talking about... Um, Israel Adesanya has fought six times since whitaker has been gone. Um, I think that factors in, man. I, I think inactivity factors in. You mentioned it with Conor McGregor; he certainly didn't look great against a B, But I don't, I don't know how much of that is just you know, be the greatest on the, on planet Earth, which he is. But I think inactivity will factor in big in this fight.
1: So I was proven wrong not that long ago. I know it's a different sport and all, but boxing. Manny Pacquiao faced Keith Thurman and Keith Thurman was away for the ring for about 22 months due to multiple injuries that he suffered, had to get multiple surgeries, whether it was his leg, his hand, anywhere in between. It's, it's tough to explain, like, how many surgeries he's had. And I got a wow. chance to, to ask him a question with that, based off the layoff that he had and the subpar pre-fight that he had against, I think it was uh, Josecito Lopez, it was, it was he was very weak. He didn't look that good. So I asked him, due to all those factors, because he admitted that, Do you think uh it's too soon to go against Pacquiao? And he said, No, it's the right fight for me. Uh it's the right time. I know that out of coming out of injuries and coming out of delays, I know that I can be the best that I can be. And he ended up having a great fight against Pacquiao. He lost, but Pac but Derman showed that he is back and better than ever, even though he took so much time off. Now, it's obviously different sport. But Robert Whittaker is someone who believes in himself, and he's not really – the majority of the year he hasn't always been injured. It's just unfortunate circumstances. Sure. I don't think he'll win the bout, but I do think he'll be competitive, at least in the opening round. I don't think that he'll be truly, quote-unquote, rusty, but it is a cause for concern that he's been gone for so long.
0: Sure. Um, we'll get back to this. Let's switch gears. Um... Give me give me a letter grade on AEW's debut. To me, it was an A plus.
1: I'm in between an A and a B plus, uh, just because I know that they're trying. They were trying a lot, but um, some of the matches kind of fell flat because they're trying to go for more wrestling base, but they needed more matches, in my opinion. Uh, but at the end of the day, results shown. I uh, discovered from the rap and show Buzz Daily that AEW A- A- on TNT drew 1.409 million total viewers, while NXT on USA drew 891,000. That was down 11% from the week before, where they got 1.006 million. So the results show, and I was watching at the same time, and both were great content, but AEW A- has that new surprising, exciting factor. They have these stars like MJF, who I've known for 15 years. Uh, mm-hmm. And I knew him since uh, I was maybe 13, and he's the exact same person you'd expect to be on the show. Uh, Sammy Guevara vs. Cody Rhodes. When Cody has a great story, he brings it forward. They brought the women's matches with one of the best matches of the entire show, maybe even of the night in general between AEW and NXT. They have characters. It's About showcasing these characters for people who don't know who they are, that I think they need to improve on. But overall, I thought they did a solid job just in presentation. It felt very old school and it felt very new school at the same time. It was just something that fans needed for all the time. It was an alternative that truly got the blood flowing.
0: What do you think AEW's feeling is um, if we were to play the long game? If somebody Dan who covers MMA exclusively and you know, I will be honest with you. I'm a lapsed WWE fan. I was, I, I, MMA wasn't a part of my lexicon when I was growing up as a kid. I was all WWE and WCW. So I'm sort of dipping my toe back in, you know, talking to people like you who are obviously experts. I mean, do you think that AEW is legitimate competition for the WWE?
1: Yes, but for now, the competition only to NXT because WWE still has two brands. They have Raw and SmackDown. But right now, SmackDown is obviously the number one brand compared to Raw. That's especially true with the Fox deal. Uh, it's going to take... It's only week one. It's going to take a while for them to truly get their feet wet and see what they can actually do. I want to see what happens after their first pay-per-view. I want to see, after all the champions are crowned, what they do. I want to see consistent storytelling, not just in Being the Elite, their YouTube page. I'm interested to see what... Get and tick when something goes wrong. I want to see when something goes wrong how they're going to fix it. So right now NXT is their main competition. After that, we'll, we can maybe discuss in a month some SmackDown and Raw. Especially if we want to combine numbers and whatnot. But I'd say right now AEW is their direct competition and then the next one would probably be New japan Then, if we're being honest, Impact and then Ring of Honor
0: we've seen guys like Dean Ambrose move over to AEW um, and we've seen some other guys like Chris Jericho. Who, my God, Dan, you know, I'm 33 years old. I've been watching Chris Jericho since I feel like I was 12 and the guy's still entertaining me to this moment. Do you think there'll be more guys who leave the WWE to go to AEW or even down to NXT full-time? Like we just saw with Finn Balor.
1: I think NXT is probably the best option. Uh, Finn Balor, it's not a demotion, I feel like, because Finn Bal is still getting paid main roster money to be in NXT. Uh, I don't think it is a demotion at all. I think of it more as a change in direction, because Lord knows Finn needs it. But <laughs> sure. in regards to talent going to AEW, I feel like we're going to have to wait and see, because WWE is already securing con- uh, talent to like five or four-year contracts. And they just recently signed AJ Styles. Now down the line, sure, if a talent feels like they're being neglected, like on Raw, if a talent feels like they're being neglected, uh the Revival for so long we're doing that. Uh Harper was feeling neglected. I can see it happening, but not as like secretive as everyone imagines. But uh I wouldn't say right now. Give it like maybe three months and we'll have to wait and see what what would happen. I know that uh, impact there are people that would probably be doing that or other promotions because they're going to be scouting talent from all over the world but if we were just talking about WWE just look at the people who are not getting uh, promoted well and see how they are interacting on Twitter or social media in general and I can see a few talent heading over there in the next few months
0: let me ask you this question if I was to ask you Dan who the biggest star in the wrestling business was what would your answer be was or is is at this very moment as of you know 8:30 at night on October 4th
1: well i'd have to go with it it's tough because there's so many promotions but we're talking about men i'm going to say uh daniel bryan 100% um And if we're talking about women, it's a split between Tessa Blanchard and Charlotte Flair, my 1A and 1B of women's wrestling.
0: Uh, Okay. The reason why I ask is because it seems like Cody Rhodes in AEW is really catching fire as a a guy who was in WWE, really didn't gain a ton of traction, uh, and now he seems like he's creeping up on becoming the most well-known guy at least from my view, and again, you know a lot more than I do, but he, in my view, I, I, I see him now as a superstar.
1: I believe he was a superstar when he was in WWE. He just wasn't, it was just wasn't showing enough. And once he left, once he joined Ring, Ring of Honor, became a heel, that's when he truly grew. Like, when he's a heel, I, everyone loves him as a face. But as heel, Cody knows what he's doing. You saw that with the dashing gimmick, you saw that with a disfigured gimmick you saw with a mustachio gimmick. He knows how to get a crowd going, and his ideas are very old school, similar to his father. And right now, he is one of the most popular wrestlers in the U.S. right now, based off of what he's doing in AEW, based off of what he's doing for the fans. The reaction he got in the AEW's first show was off the charts. However, if we're talking about most popular wrestler there, I'm going to say Chris Jericho along, and then Cody Rhodes is like maybe top five. One of the biggest draws will be MJF in the next year. But right now, Cody is right below Chris Jericho, I believe. It's his popularity for tweeting AEW. That's why he's one of the most popular stars. I don't necessarily call him the most popular star in wrestling right now.
0: Okay. Um, let me ask you this question. Let's switch gears to the WWE. When I first heard that this Fox deal was announced, Dan, I had no confidence at all. Uh, It's a big money deal with a major network, and I would expect that the major network is going to expect big ratings from the WWE. You know, I'm looking at the last 52 weeks of ratings for SmackDown, and they're absolutely horrid, Dan. I mean, sometimes dropping below even a million and a half viewers, which is insane considering the heyday of the promotion. I didn't think this was going to work. Is this deal... In your opinion going to work out for Fox we know it's going to work out for WWE they make they're going to make a shit ton of money, but is Fox going to be happy with the amount with the ratings that WWE as currently constituted could give them
1: I'm willing to see how this first week does I'm willing to see how the month does actually like I said it's a month process for everything i'm gonna I'm waiting to see but I think they'll be satisfied depending on what's being promoted so if they promote Yusef, Lana, and Lashley, then no, they will not be happy. But if they promote uh, SmackDown 6, a new SmackDown 6 down the line, like they ha- did when SmackDown Live was on Tuesdays, then yeah, then they'll be definitely satisfied. It just depends, like I said, on what's being booked. Right now, they're treating this show like it's like a WrestleMania-esque event. And they're doing the red carpet stuff. They have all the Fox personalities. They're doing the right thing. Now, a month from now, will it be the same results? Will they be promoted well so that everyone will know who they are? That's to be determined. I think, however, compared to USA, Fox definitely hit a home run with SmackDown, especially when they have the FS1 programming that's going to come up and everything else in between. I think, I think there's a lot more possibilities with Fox as an, uh, a brand and a promotion that they could be proud of. In USA.
0: Sure. Um, let me ask you this question, Dan. I know I'm peppering you with stuff, but uh, tonight is a world title match between Brock Lesnar and Kofi Kingston. Um, is Brock Lesnar still at the... You know, From my view, he looks like the biggest draw in the WWE. Is, is that still the case?
1: You're asking someone who's not a huge fan of uh, the way they've been booking Lesnar in the past five years. So sure. I would say... There is money in Lesnar, based off of the UFC factor, uh, based off of his col- uh, football experience, based off of his college experience, based off of everything else in between. He's one of the most. He's one of the biggest draws in wrestling right now. But as far as does he move the needle? I'm gonna say no. His title ratings are one of the most boring ratings you really think of. I think ratings go down whenever uh, he's a, <laughs> he's a champion, but his the ratings go up when he's on the show and not champion, because who knows what he's going to do. If he beats up Rey Mysterio and his son Dominic, like he did this past Monday, it's going to be great for ratings. If he has a match that's just suplex after suplex after suplex, and that's it, then it's not that enticing. There were months when he was universal champion, where it was just like, when is this going to end? The countdown was on, because it was the same formula over and over. Again, he's exciting, because he's Brock freaking Lesnar. But... If he wins the world title in this situation, there's going to be so many groans with Brett, I think people would rather see Baron Corbin as champion than uh, Brock Lesnar.
0: Wow. Uh, amazing thing to say considering how they've, they've sort of hitched their wagon to Lesnar. Let me ask you one more Lesnar question. I'm actually in the camp that um, believes that we have not seen the last of Brock Lesnar in the UFC. Uh, I still give it a tiny bit of chance just because of the check that the UFC could write for him. Um, and his two-way deal with Vince, which allows him to go fight in the UFC. Do you think we ever see Brock again in the UFC?
1: Well, he has to go back on the USADA diet, which might take a while. <laughs> uh, he was doing good before before we, left, before we decided not to go back to the UFC. Um, it's a possibility, uh, just be, but because of, like like I said, the USADA deal, uh, everything in between, I, I it's hard for... Me to say when exactly he would go back, but I I would never say never. In the wrestling world, never say never. In MMA, you see it happen all the time. I could I could see him coming back. It's just going to take a pro a while just because of um what he needed what he needs to like get back into shape, uh, who's the right opponent to face, can he still oh, go and whatnot, and uh deal with his obligations with WA.
0: Is Kane Velasquez the right opponent for him potentially in WWE? Do you think they make a run at Kane?
1: I think they'll definitely make a run at Kane How? because, you know, they have Brock Lesnar beating everyone up. That was the point of the entire storyline. However, uh, AEW has done the same with Jack Swagger, a.k.a. or Jake Hager in the sense uh, sure. that's an enticing matchup either way because you can have both shoot style. I think that. WWE will try the best that they can, whether they get Kane is up in the air, but if, I, their chance of getting Kane might be better than AEW's by a small margin, and if that was the case, that would be the number one matchup to make. I'm skeptical just because of how green Kane Velasquez is, but, and I'm also skeptical on, like, because they're two MMA personalities, and they're, you know, MMA personalities are known for being a little hot-headed, I'm curious to see how they can deal with each other in a non-shoot capacity. Sure.
0: Um, were you, are you shocked at how Kane looks in the wrestling ring? I, I just couldn't imagine that a guy his size with the injuries that he's dealt with being able to do the things I'm watching him do right now.
1: Well, it's very surprising to see him do a, a cutter and a, or handspring cutter and a Hurricane Rana. But he's, he's having the right opponents for it. He's having the right wrestlers involved in it. They know how to sell well, and we're very safe. So I think that definitely helps. It depends on the opponent. Uh, but I definitely am surprised, like you said, considering the injuries, how well he's able to actually move in the ring and just how how well he's just able to just get it just like that. Yeah, he's he's impressed me, but it's also the fact that he's had the right people helping him out.
0: Do you think they put the belt back on Lesnar tonight on SmackDown on the debut edition? I hope not <laughs> but uh,
1: I mean, I'm hearing reports that uh they they might extend this view to even the Saudi show um and beyond that, so maybe if if anything the right move would be for Kofi to win miraculously like let him beat on Kofi for a long long time, and then Kofi makes a comeback somehow, maybe interference by the new day i but if they wanted to make Kofi's Halloween strong, they would keep it on him in a nice, clean, simple way. Even if a roll-up helps and Lesnar just beats him up after and someone helps him, maybe The Rock or Stone Cold or someone. But um, I can definitely see uh, Kofi retaining this title.
0: Sure. A um, couple other questions. I know you're working and uh, I'm, I'm interested in a couple other things. Um, real quick, if we could switch to boxing, how impressed would you Were you with Errol Spence the other night beating Sean Porter? I
1: thought it was a great comeback win for him. I thought that Porter was winning the first few rounds. The judges had a wide scorecard. I don't know how they did that. But uh, Spence won the later rounds, and I would have to give it – I gave it like an even score, but I gave the advantage to Spence because of the knockdown that he had in the later rounds um, against Porter. And I was very impressed with how he came back and how his chin was very strong, especially with all the damage he was taking by Porter. Now I don't understand what they're doing with Danny Garcia why Danny Garcia is getting a shot and him and not uh, Manny Pacquiao or Bud Crawford uh, because Crawford needs uh, someone outside of top rank in order to prove his worth. Uh, but I definitely think that Spence is one of the top draws in boxing today, uh, especially after that fight, because that was one of the fights of the year.
0: Do you th- if it was you booking, who who would you book uh, uh, Errol Spence with next? If it was you, you had the book, the fight that the fans want to see, who is it? Manny Pacquiao. You think 40-year-old Pacquiao is, a, is, the, is the fight to make right now with him? You think listen, he's the guy who deserves it?
1: Listen, Manny Pacquiao... Uh, it may not look like it, but he has actually done better with age, the, minus the Jeff Horn fight, which he should have won. And I know that one of the judges were um, one of the one a hometown judge, so I know that he was most likely screwed. It, it's not I know it's more that it was like kind of obvious because you saw the fight, and anyone who saw the fight, you could see that Pacquiao had the advantage. But during his last couple of fights, I know that. um his last fight out before, uh, sorry, before, um, sorry, uh, who am I thinking of? <laughs> uh, See,
0: if before, we were just, if we were- Fight before
1: Thurman, um, was not, like, competitive at all, but sure, he sorry. looks really sound, and although his power punches are not the power punches we know, he's still find he still, like, has a little bit of oomph, and he's still finding it. Uh, technically, and when he gets it, I can see it. He's just waiting to throw it, and he looks the best in a, we have seen in a long time, and I think okay. that that's the fight to make just based off his winning streak, based off his performance, and it's just like it's the young versus the old. It's the veteran versus the quote-unquote rook. It, it's the fight that can make the most money outside of uh, Bud Crawford. Outside of that, Pacquiao, I believe, is the fight
0: to make. Do you think that fight will happen, Dan? It's boxing. These things don't happen. It seems like we never get what we truly want. And if we do, we get it years down the road when the the heat is off, so to speak.
1: Listen, we might not even get the Danny Garcia fight, which would actually be a blessing in disguise. Um, Right. But if we do, we get uh, Garcia versus Spence. We could even have Porter versus Pacquiao. It's not that far off to think that. As even win streaks be damned, I know that it's it's likely, but it's a good fight to make because you could have made that fight if um, Porter won, but you could have have like those type of matchups. And if Spence ends up beating Garcia easily, uh, and if Pacquiao doesn't face anyone during this time, you could definitely see a change, a change, and have uh, Spence versus Pacquiao maybe. Uh, before the summer, maybe even March, if anything
0: like that? Sure. What do you think the biggest problem with boxing is right now? Boxing was my first love. Um, The sport is, to most casual fans, dead in America right now, even though there's some great personalities and we're seeing some great fights. Is it simply just, here's what it is for me, Dan. It's the ridiculous sort of behind-the-scenes criminal things that happen that just kill the sport for me, man.
1: Well, there's a lot of factors. Uh, covering it for a short amount of time, I've noticed, especially when comparing it to MMA, there's a lot of differences that truly just, you see what's going on and you're not, I'm a little disappointed with it. Like, promoters, they gotta do better. Um especially when they're in their, when they're cross-branding. I think that there's, there's just so much drama involved. I think the fans could do so much better. It, it, it involves, like, branding as as well. Like, Boxing, in MMA, a prelim fight will have majority of the crowd, uh, in the arena. In boxing, the crowd won't show up really until the third fight before the main event. Uh, I think that's a problem that is on both sides that needs to be worked out. Eventually, I think that the women aren't being showcased more. Uh, that's slowing boxing down, especially with the new viewers. If you want new, younger viewers, uh, you bring, you promote the women more than they already are. I posted on a, uh, a website one time, this is a new golden age of boxing, or in a sense a new golden age of boxing. And with all these fighters like Deontay Wilder, Errol Spence, uh, uh, Porter, you have Michaela Mayer, you have Katie Taylor, you have Clarissa Shields, you have all these women involved as well, you have uh, Haney, you have all these fighters that are young and, and new and just exciting. And you need to promote them. You need to get the fans invested in them, whether that's appearances. They have to actually appear at an event more than five minutes before leaving. I think that's one of the biggest problems is is a fighter aspect of it, of their commitment. I think that a fighter believes he deserves, or he or she deserves something when they actually should just do it right away instead of dilly-dallying. Like we waited, we're waiting like two years already, or a year and a half or whatnot for Wilder versus Fury and we've been waiting like three years for Wilder and Joshua. And it's just unnecessary at this point. And I think that the waiting game is the biggest problem. The promoter's not doing stuff right away or just doing behind-the-scenes shady stuff is a little disappointing. And it it's a lot that's really just the, the most minuscule stuff, but they make it so big for no reason at all.
0: Sure. Is there any excitement in the boxing world for Dana White to really kick off uh, uh, Zufa boxing? Do you feel like that's a real thing that Dana is eventually going to do?
1: Well, it's October, right? He said he was going to announce it in October.
0: (laughs) Yeah, this is the month for it. That's why I asked. I was hoping that we would hear something soon. I've asked questions to many, many people, and nobody seems to know.
1: Well, listen, he could do it by the end of this pay-per-view coming up. He could do it. By the end of this month, uh, anything can happen with Dana White, and honestly, I think it's a possibility. It just depends on what kind of boxers he's going to get. Is he going to try to pull the zone and pull every single boxer out of their contract deal? Uh, that's, right. that's the unknown. We don't really know. Now, there are boxers all over the world that aren't signed that he can easily sign, but at the end of the day, it's it, we need proof that it's actually going to happen. There's no. Concrete evidence, when the XFL was announced, we knew for months that Vince McMahon was giving away stocks. We knew that he was in charge of another company. We knew about a press conference. We don't know anything about Zufa. So it just depends. When, when's it going to happen? The, the clock is ticking. And sure. and we're we're waiting, Dana. We're waiting.
0: Dana Danionovsky is waiting. <laughs> and I hope he does it because Dana is a great promoter, obviously. Um, and I would love to see him promote boxing. I would love boxing to be as, as big as the UFC someday and have a deal, you know, on ESPN like they have now with the UFC. I mean, just think, Dan. We're probably in the same age group. Five years ago, would it even be a possibility that the UFC would have events on ESPN? It's incredible. Not even, not even close compared to what it once sure. was. Sure. Somebody would have had to kill somebody or get killed to be on Sports Center in the UFC world, so
1: they uh, had the Dada versus Kimbo's uh, match. That was actually on SportsCenter. I know sure. that. So that was like that's like you're right on that one.
0: Yep. As as we're talking right now, something just comes across the wire. Jeff Hardy, WWE wrestler, arrested, uh, drunk driving apparently. When is he going to get right, that guy?
1: Listen, I I'm surprised that WWE does not ask him or force him at least in this case, to join their um, rehab program. I recently just made an article today, actually. I posted it on the Sports Daily. Uh, was releasing BJ Penn the only option the UFC had? Sure. And I bring up the fact that WWE has a talent wellness program. They have a former talent rehab program. And I'm just curious, wondering, like, when is WWE going to actually involve the, him in their program? Uh, I related that to BJ Penn just because of I believe that the UFC could have probably done something more than just release BJ Penn. Um, but Jeff Hardy, it, it's just a sad story because like he's one of the most talented wrestlers out there. He seems like a nice family man, uh, but he just can't get out of his own way. It seems to be the case with like the Hardy family in general. And you know, I wish the best for him. It, it's it's unfortunate to hear. But WWE, I think, should definitely step in at this point because I think they had they did for Matt and for Jeff. I definitely think it's time because at the end, uh, it's not it's just not good. Uh, what's going on with him? It's going, been going on since what like two thousand what two thousand four first
0: arrest was in two thousand and two, and he's had nine of them in uh, seventeen years. So listen,
1: I'm not but I'm not someone to like. Real, I have no. Uh, reason to judge him based off of who I am I'm, I, I'm nobody compared to him and I'm not him yeah. I can't decide yeah. on who he is But at the end of the day the, your employer should definitely help you out hence why the DJ Penn thing with UFC but Jeff Hardy and the WWE yeah. I definitely think that they should help him out in the best way possible and see where it goes from here definitely could could use it if anything
0: Dude, I'm going to ask you two more questions. You're talking to me on a working night. I know you're covering SmackDown, I'm sure, tonight. Um, one of them is CM Punk. Um, he, there's some reports out there that he's going to be potentially doing some in-studio work for the Fox Network. A uh, big article dropped this week from Mark Ramundi, the great investigative reporter from ESPN, saying he'll never work for AEW. AEW then responds and says he'll never do business with Punk. Does CM Punk ever step foot in a professional wrestling ring again, and who is it for, Dan?
1: I think he will, and I think that there's a loophole to this. Um, I'm going to bring up Chael Sonnen. He performed in Bellator, but also did work for ESPN and called UFC events. CM Punk is potentially going to be on Fox calling WWE events, while also, in my opinion, I think he will join uh, AEW. I think it's a matter of time. In some capacity, he will be involved in pro wrestling, and I think it will be in AEW. While working for Fox, not WWE, Fox, and uh, work on a WWE esque related show.
0: So you, so, so you think Dan that there's a potential that CM Punk wrestles in AEW, but does a Fox uh, WWE in studio post or or pre show? Yes. Okay. Does he ever go back to WWE?
1: I mean, given enough time in the Fox Studio where he'll be around Fox uh, WWE personalities, it's always possible. Um like I said, I'm I'm just guessing at this point of joining AEW, but if he has the itch to go back into wrestling, there's a poss. oh Tyson Fury's on SmackDown tonight. Wow. Um <laughs> wow. Uh,
0: uh the, but I definitely think. live. Go ahead. But I definitely
1: think he'll he'll be in WWE at some point with wrestling, that's a different story. That's a that's a tough one right there. I think AEW is the more likely destination for him to wrestle than WWE.
0: Sure. Um, let's run back to Australia. Marvel Stadium main event tomorrow night. Uh, Israel Adesanya and Robert Whittaker. Um, Dan, I'll give you my take first. I think Adesanya wins. Um, I've asked I do every single pay-per-view. I do an expert's pick where I talk to everybody about who they think is going to win. I've never seen it more 50-50. I've never had more people tell me I'm not confident in the pick. This is one of the toughest fights to pick. I just think the inactivity of Whitaker, the activity of Adesanya, um, amongst many, many, many other reasons when I watch tape of Adesanya. I think it's a barn burner. I think we get a potential fight of the year candidate, but I think at the end of the day, Adesanya wins. You know, by a split decision, it's real, real close. Um, what do you think?
1: I'm gonna most likely say I wanna be generous here. Round three T K O by Alessania.
0: Wow. So, think, and you think and, and you think that's generous, Do You think there's a potential he could finish Whitaker early?
1: I was thinking round two, uh but I definitely think that if Whitaker goes for the kill right away. You can definitely make this an interesting fight. Um, if, he just, if he goes to the ground game, I can definitely see him pouncing right away and actually getting an advantage early on. Um, but I feel like Adesanya's overall experience and activity plays a factor here uh, into the decision. And I think that Adesanya beats Robert Whitaker and becomes the undisputed middleweight champion of the world.
0: There it is. Dan, give me a rundown of everything you write for and and drop me your Twitter handle. Tell me what you do. Um, I know you write about. I'll let you do it. You tell me where you do exactly. And I follow you everywhere I can. um, But give everybody a rundown who's going to listen to where they can find your stuff.
1: All right, folks, you can follow me at Dan, Y-A-N-O-S-S-K-Y on Twitter. I am a combat sports writer for Double G Sports CSI Sports, a.k.a. Fight Sports, uh, Wrestling Inc., The Sports Daily. And that should be it for now, if I'm not mistaken. I also have a podcast, DGS underscore main event. Oh, uh, DGS underscore main event. Uh, that is the main event with Dan Yanofsky.
0: Excellent. You know what, Dan? I'm embarrassed to say I did not know you had a podcast. I'll make sure I subscribe. Is it on Apple, iTunes?
1: Uh, SoundCloud.
0: I will make sure to check that out, man. Dude, you give me 43 minutes of your time on a night where I'm sure you're very busy. I appreciate it, brother. We'll link back up soon. Um, I'll catch up with you probably uh, around Royal Rumble or something like that, okay?
1: Perfect. Sounds great to you. We'll always welcome on my show as well.
0: Dude, anytime. send me that DM. I'll be there for you. Thank you, brother. Perfect. Thanks, man. Have a great weekend.
1: You too. And for all you fans out there, if you're not down with that, I just got two words for you. <laughs> See you around. See you, buddy. See ya.